there very well could be another manager who could capture people's imagination and sentimentality going into next year's World Series, similar to what we had with Dusty Baker, who finally checked off the last box of his Hall of Fame career. Who am I talking about? Well, only one of the most prolific Manager of the Year winners, who's currently the reigning champ, but needs that pennant. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans and all live streamers, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan, and if you can look at my lower third, which should be popping up right around, there it is. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been doing a podcast of one place or another about baseball for the last no more than the last decade i've been part of the lockdown podcast network since 2019 and we've been doing it all off season because guess what folks this is when we need it most the final remnants of the 2022 season are about to be over as we're handing out the awards by the way follow us at lockdown mlb pods on twitter or on instagram and you can follow me. I'm your pal, Sully, at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. If you're listening to me just in your earbuds, follow us on YouTube, and you can watch what I look like. Um, by the way, I had a really fun time um, on a Lockdown Cardinals yesterday, and I posted that episode on the uh, on this feed here. I want to bring up I, – I, I got an interesting comment um, – People have been uh, something. You know, sometimes people say nice things about me. Sometimes people say not so nice things about me. I was on with JD Hafrin, the host of Locked On Cardinals, had a really fun time. As I mentioned, I, uh, you know, I uh, posted my uh, my thoughts about the Cardinals. Oh, by the way, um, the if you're watching the live stream, the title is incorrect. It still has the Miami Marlins positive vibes. Uh, title. I'm going to change that in case you're wondering if I'm going to be talking about the Marlins again. Here's what Mitchell Sharp, a uh, a listener, wrote. He said, it's refreshing to hear someone from the media talk about what the Cardinals should do and not for a second considering the Cardinals accounting narrative as an excuse for why the Cardinals won't go out and get what they need. He, meaning me, Sully, literally said, why are we doing this? It's been 10 years since the Cardinals won a World Series. It would be nice to office have the same type of standards as this guy does. I think that uh, one of the show, if you didn't listen to the show yesterday, I was saying that the Cardinals have to make some big moves. They have a hole at shortstop. They're, once again, there are tremendous shortstops available. Xander Bogarts, Dancy Swanson, uh, Carlos Correa opted out of his contract with Minnesota. He's available. Obviously, Trey Turner is available. I think Trey Turner is destined to go to Philadelphia. But they're all floating out there, and the Cardinals need a shortstop. And what are we doing? As I said, like if you're going to be making big trades for people like 
uh, Nolan Arenado, like Paul Goldschmidt, then what the heck are you not going for? It's been a decade, and next year will be a decade since they even appeared in a World Series. Uh, and the thing you cracked me up about is I was called a, a member of the media. That feels kind of cool. Hey, we got someone in the chat room. Let's see what it is. Hopefully it's uh, uh, I was. Hunter Wilburn just wrote, I was. Are you okay, Hunter Wilburn? Are you all right? Blink if you're okay. Uh, I just I have to just show this. It just says, I was. That's all it says. I don't know what that means. Oh, Hunter, <clears throat> um, let me know if you're okay. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. As I, as I um, hinted at in the tease, uh, the, the Manager of the Year Award were, was handed out. Uh, and I and I have no problem with either one of them. Uh, Terry Francona won Manager of the Year. Uh, it's his third Manager of the Year award. Oddly, he never won with the Red Sox. He won two World Series titles with the Red Sox, but never won the Manager of the Year. Usually the Manager of the Year goes to the manager who has the biggest surprise team. You know, usually a, a team that nobody was expecting. Brandon Hyde got nine first-place votes because he managed the Baltimore Orioles to a winning record when nobody thought they were going to do anything. And Scott Service got the other first-place vote, or got one of the first-place vote because the Mariners finally broke through and got to the postseason for the first time since 2001. Dusty Baker got three first-place votes, but 17 of them went to Terry Francona, and nine, uh, nine second-place votes went to Terry Francona because he essentially piloted a Cleveland Guardians team with one of the lowest payrolls of baseball and the youngest roster and got him to game five of the division series and won the division, even though they were tied with Minnesota on Labor Day. Turned them around, and Frank Cota is, without a doubt, a Hall of Fame manager. You know, he had two World Series titles and uh, came within one swing from – he came within one swing of ending droughts in Boston and in Cleveland. That's saying something. Uh, the manager of the year in the National League was razor thin. You had Showalter, Roberts, Snitker, Marmol, and Thompson all receiving multiple first-place votes. Uh, Showalter and Dave Roberts had the exact same number of first-place votes, and Snitker was only one behind them. Snitker would have been my personal vote, but I, you know, Showalter won partly because he got 10 second-place votes and seven third-place votes. But it was, I mean, this is as razor-thin a, a margin between these managers, especially the top four, uh, that I've ever seen. Uh, Showalter got the victory of the Mets 100-win team, and he did so, remember, I mean, people talk about the team as if they fell on their face. They won games, you know? The only reason they didn't win the division is because Atlanta was playing like 750 ball down the stretch. Just ask Dusty Baker about that with the 1993 Giants, by the way, year he won manager of the year. One of the times Dusty won manager of the year. Uh, this is the fourth manager of the year award for Buck Showalter. And it is fascinating because he won his first, he won manager of the year now in four different decades. With the 94, I'm going to do this from memory, the 94 Yankees, the 2000 and 
uh, I believe it was 2003 or 2004 Texas Rangers, uh, Baltimore, and I believe it was 2012, maybe it was 2014, but I know it was Baltimore in the 2010s, and the Mets this year. So four straight decades, Buck Showalter was the top manager of the league. He won the manager of the year in both leagues and has done it with four different franchises. Yankees, Texas Rangers, Baltimore Orioles, and New York Mets. And you know what? That doesn't include the Arizona Diamondbacks, who he managed to a 100-win mark in their second year of existence in 1999. Showalter has had, in many ways, one of the most remarkable managerial careers in the history of baseball. And the only thing he doesn't have on his roster, he's never managed in a World Series, let alone win one. Dusty Baker took the Giants to the World Series in 2002 and Houston to the World Series last year before finally winning this year. Well, Showalter has been denied his pennant. He's had some crushing losses. Obviously, the Mets was a crushing loss this year. He saw the Diamondbacks lose on a walk-off home run by Todd Pratt, of all people. He saw the Edgar Martinez double that scored Ken Griffey Jr. in 1995. He didn't go to Britain and Encarnacion homered off of Ubaldo Jimenez. And an injured Baltimore team lost three out of four heartbreaking games. In fact, I believe all four games they had a chance to beat Kansas City in 2014, the year I thought Showalter was going to get his pennant and maybe his championship with the 2014 Baltimore Orioles. And he also witnessed the Raul Abanez game while managing against his former team, the Yankees. He's had a lot of heartbreak as a manager. But he's taken many, many teams to the postseason. They get better with him. Oh, and by the way, the Diamondbacks and the Yankees all won the World, both won the World Series after he left, the year after he left. And the Rangers came to within a Nelson Cruz leap to winning a World Series shortly after he left there. Now, this is one of the great what-ifs. 1994 is one of the great what-ifs in the history of baseball. What would have happened if the strike didn't take place in 1994? Chances are we still have the Montreal Expos. But maybe, just maybe, Showalter takes the Yankees to the World Series and doesn't get let go. He technically wasn't fired from the Yankees. They just fired his coaching staff, and he said, F this, I'm out of here. It was clear he was about to get fired. But if he had won the World Series in 1994, chances are Joe Torre is not in the Hall of Fame right now. Joe Torre would be a well-respected baseball lifer, probably an announcer on Fox because he's got a great set of pipes. And Showalter would be the, you know, clashing with the Steinbrenner family because he seems to be a little bit of a prickly pear, but also a fascinating figure who was can be quite eloquent at sometimes and difficult to pin down politically and socially, which makes him a very intriguing figure. And here he is managing the Mets. And for a while, it looked like this was going to be his coronation. Instead, it was the coronation of Dusty Baker. But here we are. The Mets are going to go into this upcoming year, and they have some big, big issues, mainly DeGrom, 
If he leaves, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if you don't have Scherzer at full strength? What if you lose Bassett? They have to make some moves. This is a win-now team. And Showalter is a win-now manager. But it'll be really intriguing to see if the Mets get to win the World Series under Showalter's leadership. Then he has to be listed as one of the best managers of all time. But isn't it amazing that all it takes is winning once in October, then we can start talking about him in the Hall of Fame? Bob Melvin is another one. Took the, you know, Diamondbacks to the NLCS despite having a negative run differential. Took several A's teams, which were bargain basement and constantly overhauling the roster. And now is taking the uh, San Diego Padres to the National League Championship Series. And yet no one's going to whisper about him as being a Hall of Fame manager until he wins. I guess Melvin and Showalter did lock antlers in the wildcard series with Melvin getting the better of Showalter. This is going to be an interesting year for his legacy, Showalter's legacy, that is, and securing basically his spot in baseball history. And if you're going to be talking about security, Let's talk a little bit about Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, locked on MLB listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is the biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss it. You know, our friends over at Simply Safe Home Security are offering that 50% uh, discount and if you order Simply Safe for half off today, enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind during the holiday season. Simply Safe was named the best home security system for 2022 by US News and World Report for a third year in a row. Now, in an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the, if the threat is real so you can get priority police response. 24-7 professional monitoring service costs less than $1 a day, less than half of the price of ADT's traditional professional installed system. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I re- recommend. Get 50% off of any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash Locked on MLB. It's the biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on MLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Hey, uh, thanks so much for making Locked On MLB your first listen for today. Your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today is available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Uh, Another award was handed out today, and that was the Cy Young Awards. I really wish they had an award show. Wouldn't wouldn't you love that? If they were handing them out just before Game 1 of the World Series or the day before the World Series. Uh, Absolutely no surprise in the National League Cy Young Awards. Sandy Alcantara. Uh, first place got all 30 first place votes unanimous. 
Uh, the thing that I found interesting was Zach Galen uh, didn't crack the top four. I thought he would, should have been a top three. He did get three second place votes, but Max Fried was second. Julio Arias, person I'm not that fond of, is at third. Nola, Carlos Rondon, who got three second place votes, is a free agent and is going to make a lot of money. Uh, Corbin Burns, you Darvish. You Darvish has been in this league for a long time. Yes, he's had some injuries and some ups and downs, but start to look about him having a great career there. Uh, Edwin Diaz, Kyle Wright, Logan Webb, and Ryan Helsley uh, wrapped up the Cy Young tallies in the National League. Here's one thing I was really surprised about. I was surprised that Justin Verlander won it unanimously. Again, I have no problem with Justin Verlander winning the Cy Young Award. He had a fantastic season. This is his third. Obviously, he's a Hall of Famer and now a World Series champion where no one can give him a hard time for it. Uh, Dylan Cease was behind him with 14 second-place votes. Alec Manoa, who had a wonderful season with Toronto. We got to Toronto in the third part of this show. Uh, you know, they rounded it up there. Otani finished in fourth place. He just was right behind Alec Manoa. Here's what I find startling. Framber Valdez, again, what is it about people disrespecting Framber Valdez? Why am I the president of the Framber Valdez fan club? He finished in fourth place. I'm sorry, fifth place. He got one fourth place vote and 12 fifth place votes. He was distant fifth place. He was closer to Shane McClanahan at sixth place. I, I'm sorry, did I see a different Framber Valdez this year? All those quality starts that he lined up, all those tremendous performances down the stretch? Look, at do I think he should have won the Cy Young? No, but I think he may have had a compelling case. He certainly was the ace of the team by the end. He had a fantastic season. I, I mean, I, I would put it, I mean, look at Cease, Manoa, Otani and Verlander all had fine seasons, but so did Valdez. Why, why did he get fifth place? I would have put him third. I would have put him third. I would have put him ahead of Otani. I would have put him ahead of Manoa. Or maybe Cease. I don't know. Maybe put him second. He should have won the World Series MVP, and he should have been a Cy Young finalist. And here we go. He got a one fourth place vote. So did Shane McClanahan. So did Shane Bieber. So did Shane, the movie with Alan Ladd. I, I, you know, I don't understand. I don't understand the 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 lack of love this guy gets. Makes absolutely no sense to me. You know, he's a workhorse. He's a throwback pitcher. But here we go. But Verlander won his third Cy Young Award, and it's interesting because there was a couple of years where. I think there was one year specifically that David Price won. And there were some people who felt like, well, it should have gone to Verlander. Well, once I, you know, the Cohen brothers rule is in place. Now, once someone has won an award, I can't get mad when they don't pat it. If they've won multiple awards, like Verlander with a Cy Young or Mike Trout with the most viable player, then I got to take a step back. If there may be a year that Verlander should have won that he didn't, there are some years where maybe Mike Trout should have won they didn't. But when they won multiple, it's like the Cohen brothers. Should the Cohen brothers have won for the year that Raising Arizona or Miller's Crossing came out? 
Yeah, probably. But guess what? Each, you know, they each have four Oscars already, so I can't get mad. You know, I can't get mad. So, you know, Verlander had a fine season, earned a Cy Young Award. Don't understand why Valdez didn't climb up higher. Sandy Alcantara, it's the first time ever a Marlin has won the Cy Young Award. And, uh, you know, I mean, we had Mr. Pratt on from Locked On Marlins last week, and I just, I'm so worried that they're going to trade him. But it's a Marlin. It's a lock. It's the biggest surefire bet that he is going to be traded. I just hope not right now because I'd like to see him continue to pitch well in Miami. But again, it is a slam dunk surefire bet that he is going to be on a team other than Miami pretty soon. If you're going to make any bets, go to betonline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends of every professional and amateur league out there from football to the NBA to soccer. We've got the World Cup coming up, eSports. We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and I know I do, you can find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, that's where the game starts. Um, okay, I still don't know what Hunter Wilburn meant when he wrote I was. It's the great uh it's the great mystery of all time. It's uh you know, it it's it's please tell me you're okay. Um some some other news that are going around in baseball. Uh Anthony Rizzo uh re-signed with the New York Yankees. There was rumors that he may have been going to the uh the Houston Astros. He would have been a great fit for the Houston Astros. But you know what? He is a fantastic fit with the Yankees. He really has fit that team like a glove. And he is, you know, he's got some big hits. And is he a superstar? No, but he's a really good hitter in a team that sort of shockingly doesn't have a great offense. You know, they, I'd have no idea what the signing of Rizzo is going to mean for the signing of Judge. I don't think there's any correlation. I think Judge is going to sign with the team that offers him the most money. That's my bold prediction. And if you make bold predictions, you could go to bet online. I've already done that ad read. Uh, Another interesting trade, though, happened. A lot of people thought this was going to be the year for the, the Toronto Blue Jays. And a big, big member of the Blue Jays over the years has been Teoscar Hernandez. Hernandez had a, you know, sort of came onto the scene, a power hitter acquired from the uh, Toronto, uh, acquired from the Houston Astros, sorry, to the Toronto Blue Jays. And in the trade that uh, sent Francisco Liriano to the, to the Astros, Liriano had really one of the most interesting, I think, Look up, Liriano's career is one of the most interesting careers in the history of baseball. I, will, I have no compunction saying that. He's a guy who hung around for a long time, did every, checked every box in, your, in, in a bucket list for a major league career. He was an all-star. He, was a, he threw a no-hitter. He played for many years, made many millions of dollars, and won a World Series ring along the way for his troubles. Uh, it's... 
he did everything you'd want to do and did so in kind of an under-the-radar way. I'm always fascinated by careers like that. Well, this turned out to be a hell of a deal for Toronto because they got Teoscar Hernandez for and he has been uh, just a consistent, solid, power-hitting player. An all-star. You know, he hit 16 home runs in 2020, the COVID year. He's, you know, he is 25 to 30 home runs a year, year in and year out, and and a little bit of speed, a lot of run production. And he was shipped off today to the Seattle Mariners. I think it's a great move for the Mariners, getting some extra pop in that lineup uh, as the team is going to try to make another run at the Houston Astros. Uh, I like the move a lot for the uh, for the Seattle Mariners, but it's an interesting trade on a couple levels for the Blue Jays. Uh, I don't want to get into the finances of the Toronto Blue Jays because the Blue Jays are a big market team. Their owners are swimming in money. They can afford to do stuff. So there are some baseball reasons to want to be on this deal. Uh, it opens up Guriel's spot in the outfield. Also, when you consider what happens every year, there's always a glut of outfielders. There's always a glut of players who are you know, non-tendered who are major league outfielders, major league hitters, who will be available, who are available to be signed with no compensation. And that's exactly what the Blue Jays can do. If there's a hole in their outfield, if I were Toronto, I would just sort of invite as many veterans out there who want to prove something and say, come to our team and you don't have to be the big star. And... The haul that they got from him is an interesting haul because the main player is Eric Swanson. Eric Swanson uh, pitched very, very well, thank you very much, for the Seattle Mariners out of their bullpen. And if you watch the Mariners play the Blue Jays in this year's wildcard series, you can see that this team, the Toronto Blue Jays, needed help in their bullpen. Now, if you like traditional stats like ERA, his ERA was 1.69. He averaged less than an inning per appearance, so it wasn't like he was a workhorse out of the bullpen, right-handed pitcher. But he did strike out 70 batters in 50 and two-thirds innings and only walked nine unintentionally all year. His splits are very good. He's still pretty young, and all of a sudden, the Toronto Blue Jays' bullpen got a little bit better. And when you take a look around, you know what? It's going to be expensive to improve your, uh, your your bullpen. It's going to be super expensive because they're going to be handing up. People are seeing the importance of a big depth in their bullpen. Nick Martinez, who missed a couple of seasons before this year, emerged and had a fine season with San Diego and got a massive contract to stick around. So the Blue Jays said, hey, we can put a quality reliever in our bullpen and it costs us an outfielder, albeit a fine outfielder, albeit an all-star, albeit a fan favorite. Well, you could replace that production in the outfield. So I think this is a smart move for both clubs. 
Now, it could blow up in one of their faces. Teoscar Hernandez could have a great year with Seattle, and next thing you know, the pitchers the Toronto Blue Jays got back could bomb, or vice versa. But right now, this is a deal that seems, heaven forbid, to work out well for both teams. And so it's interesting, but there's one other very interesting element to it that that I want to bring up. Teoscar Hernandez and Eric Swanson are the two biggest names in this. Obviously, the Mariners got an all-star veteran right fielder. The Blue Jays got a quality major league setup man in Swanson. But there was another player who's involved whose name is Adam Mako. Now, Adam Mako is 21 years old and uh, never had so far. He is has not risen above the high A. He was in Everett, played in Modesto, uh, and he is, uh, you know, he's a he is a single A player. Now he may he pitched well. Looks like he's had some injury issues, but he's a young pitcher who's now going to be in the Toronto system. Here's what I find fascinating about this kid who has never appeared above single A. He was born December 30th, 2000. So I'm feeling very, very old that uh, players are born in the year 2000 who were, you know, currently cashing a check. Um, but he he was born in Slovakia. He was born in the country of Slovakia. Now, he wound up. Uh, he wound up going to uh, uh, Vauxhall College, so he wound up having a connection with Canada. But native of a European country, I, this is something that interests me. I want baseball to really start to penetrate in the in foreign markets and start to see where players from different countries could be born, you know, born in different countries could make it in the major leagues. I want to know if there is a pitcher in Lisbon who could throw 108 miles an hour with a wicked, you know, wicked break at the end of his pitch. I want to see that player in the major leagues and to gain some traction in Europe for that too. So well, Marco had, seems to have been developed in Canada and now is going to be playing for the lone Canadian team we have now, but a native of Slovakia. I want to see those countries that haven't had a toehold in the major leagues be represented. Just like I'm representing all of Major League Baseball on this show. So what did we learn today? We learned that Buck Showalter could be the new Dusty Baker. Maybe it'll be Bob Melvin. We've learned that Justin Verlander is a fine, fine Hall of Fame pitcher, but his teammate, Framber Valdez, gets no respect. And we've also learned that sometimes a tree could help two teams. It's not always about a winner and a loser, and that could very well happen in this Teoscar Hernandez deal. And maybe, just maybe, we're going to open some doors to Slovakia. But... Another thing we learned is I'm going to be doing these podcasts all off season. So follow us at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and Instagram. And I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. 
And once again, thanks so much for making this your first listen, for your second listen. Check out Locked On Sports today. Go beyond the scoreboards and behind the scenes with experts that, yeah, you basically got to lean on Locked On Podcast Network to find this expert points of view. Check them out on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Talking about next year's great manager we're going to have a coronation for and some of the players that maybe Framber Valdez will win his award down the stretch and we'll forget about all these slights using the Cohen Brothers rules. This has been Locked On MLB for the 16th day of November 2022. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Hope you like the Christmas lights, and you can call me Sully.